Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Thank you, producer Mr. E. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, so I wanted to share something with you guys. I saw a new piece of tech online that I just had to insta buy. <laughs> These guys know me real well. I've been pretty much a competitive gamer all my life. And and I know Host Max is into that stuff that gives him a competitive edge as well. That's for and sure. I saw a keyboard that I instantly had to buy. So oh, what'd you, what get? This core, you guys know what a mechanical keyboard is, right? Yeah. Wait, is Have that, you guys heard? That's the clickety clack one, right? Yes. It, instead of using like a rubber that's the official dome, term, yeah. it has a mechanical switch bit, built under each key. And yeah, it does give you that tactile little clicky clicky. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I had some too. No. <laughs> okay, whatever. You're so Great. super hey, weak. Dude, fuck you guys. Earlier you said it was so loud and now you can't hear it. Okay, anyway. Okay, so anyways, that's what a mechanical <laughs> keyboard is. Do you okay. know what an opto-mechanical keyboard is? Ah, uh, no. No? But okay. It sound- like so, so like I said, a normal keyboard will normally use like a rubber dome or some sort of metal contact when the keys actuate. This keyboard, they claim the actuation happens at the speed of light. And that's because built inside each switch under each key <gasps> is a tiny little laser. And when you actuate, yeah. instead of having a contact hit another contact, it breaks the laser beam, and that's when the actuation happens. Shut your face. That's yeah, not so real. Put it so on the I screen. Sent the, I sent but... the GIF over in the group chat. Yeah, if you check that okay. out. Okay. Uh, it actually shows an example of that actuation. That's what happens. this was. I saw that earlier. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, needless to say, I went Whoa. out the next day and fucking bought one. <laughs> let's dance, let's, uh, let's uh, Instagram this little GIF. I, I was going to suggest that. Yeah. And, and oh, you're seeing there's two different ones. That's because there, I guess there's two different switches there's the cherry switch yeah and then the purple switch but i don't know what the difference is between the two honestly it looks like one engages a little sooner but yeah yeah i own the purple switch one yeah it's it's been a joy it's a lot of fun (laughs) is it wired or wireless it's wired it actually needs two usb ports because it has all the rgb stuff for sure for sure so you're Awesome. Have you noticed any difference as far as performance yet? Or absolutely what? not. No. But okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay. But I like that's okay. You should. Yeah. No. It's happening. It's happening. You can run faster, yeah. bro. With the new shoes, you can run faster. I believe in you. I totally do. <laughs> For sure. The clicky clacks feel good. And that's all that matters. <laughs> no, I haven't noticed any difference. I have raised, you know, gone ten levels in my game currently, but no big deal. I'm sure if you like mine the data on it, you would see difference in the numbers. But is it noticeable? Probably not. Yeah, it's like, but did I splurge on it? Of course I did. <laughs> make a on. couple extra snips a year, but over time you'll be like, hey, five, ten dollars, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. awesome. No, I like it. So, what is this? Uh, what's the brand or what's it called? Oh, it's a Razor Huntsman Elite. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think the most important thing here is: does it change colors? Oh yeah, it has. Yeah, the he said it's RGB, and then like it has the spiral and all the different has a little matrix where all the like keys light up like it's dripping down the matrix. Oh, nice. It's, okay. But yeah, if you guys want to check that out, it's the Razor Huntsman Elite. A sponsor. As everybody. far as I know, that's the only uh, that's the only keyboard that has that technology. So check it. It's out. so funny. Like I have RGB stuff too, and then after like a month or so, I just like turn it off. I'm like, this is just wasting <laughs> power. Everyone does. You try to sleep with your whole fucking half your room lit up. Oh, I know. That's exactly. You have to turn it off eventually. Go to sleep anyway. So sometimes, but even then, I leave like the, the RAM and stuff on. See, I had to get rid of a clickety I mean, clack keyboard. I had what? one. The clickety, my clickety clack keyboard. It was a razor something something. I had to get rid of it when I converted uh, the space into the uh, studio here, and. You know, I was like, well, I can keep it, but ultimately I can't use it on air. It's just going to clickety clackety, clickety clackety. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get rid of this guy. They're a blessing and a curse. They're definitely, even the, even the models that are advertised as quiet models are loud as fuck. Oh, I, well, I want guess mine that. Isn't. And it's the nature of the beast. I, me too. Yeah. I describe, Dude, I, love- I describe it as every keystroke is like crushing a little tiny piece of glass. That's what it feels <laughs> like to me. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> hilarious. Dude, I actually love that. Dude, now we're all talking about keyboard. I love my 
keyboard now. I, I just got, I got it like basically a month ago. It's a Logitech G915 Lightspeed, and it's wireless. And it doesn't have the number pad on it, and so it's really small. But it's I just like the buttons. Like now they're making me talk about it, but it's like really smooth. I wish we were sponsored by them, but we're not. We're just talking about it. <laughs> but, but it's really smooth, and it, I really actually I think I really I really think it has improved my gaming when I've said about it because I absolutely can do more. good peripherals will do that. Yeah, I can move my fingers on the left, like my left hand as I'm doing like you know WASD. I could definitely they flow way better on a keyboard chat. All right, gentlemen, are you ready for some stories? Yes. All right. So, uh, speaking of mining, this is my segue from uh, I don't know f- two minutes ago when you were talking about mining data. Perfect, dude. You're doing great on these segues. <laughs> data mining. Data mining. And so, uh, speaking of mining, did you know that the Mars rover launched recently? That yeah, the NASA one. What's the name? The name it's is... It's not Curiosity, because that's the most recent one before that, I think. Permafrost. <laughs> no, like but you're close. It's Perseverance. There it is. Ooh, See, they always I have knew. like motivational names, like one-word names. I love it. I have all of them here. Do you guys want to continue guessing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, there's... Curiosity. There's the Destroyer. Yeah, that's one of them. It's Curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, Armageddon. That's the I other like one. Innovation was another one. Innovation, there you go. Yeah, sick. No, I'm yeah, fucking with Captain, all of you. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Captain Laser Kill. <laughs> okay, so it's Curiosity, uh, Opportunity, Spirit, and Sojourner. Oh, haven't heard of that last one, but I did know the first. Okay. Well, it's the hardest pronounced, so. For sure. No uh, so yeah, this uh, this one launched on July 30th, which is actually the date we're recording this, and it will land on Mars on February 18th, 2021. Hey, hey, hey! So a six month journey. Is that the is that the helicopter one? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Is it? Okay, I don't know. I kept seeing when I was studying today for today's um podcast. I kept seeing a topic. I thought I would save it next time. It was like a helicopter on Mars. We're gonna do it. So. I don't know. Maybe it's a different one or maybe it's that one. Well, I don't know if they've actually deployed it, but NASA has had plans uh, to hover, you know, send the rover to Mars. And then once it gets there, it will detach from like its its uh, space body and hover um, on Mars and then lower the the rover. And then that hovering unit will just kind of go away and the rover will do its thing. When in previous hmm. times, we've essentially covered the rover in big balloons and just wheeled it across Mars. You know, we just sent it in. Are you familiar with this, the delivery systems? No. I mean, not particularly. Oh, they're fascinating. The way we send the rovers to Mars? Oh, it's incredible. Wait, like, isn't, wait do we like bounce them in there with like balloons and shit? Is that the one we do? Yeah, we've, we've done that once before. I don't know if we ever... Okay. Um, I don't know the other yeah. methods, but I know we've for sure done that one where we surrounded it in balloons and essentially golfed it <laughs> at <laughs> Mars. It it, wherever it lands, it lands. Yeah, for sure. One. And then this side up, and then the walls of the balloons just kind of fold down and the rover drives off it. And there you go. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I resisted so hard from saying that. So uh, this – this new uh, rover, the Perseverance, its mission is to look for ancient life on Mars. It will do so. How, how ancient life? It's going to like send an email out? Yeah, exactly. Once, once it finds it. No, yeah. it's going to collect and analyze samples that could one day be sent to Earth. So they'd be like collected and somehow retrieved by another rover. Maybe the helicopter one I just somehow hinted at even somewhere. Yeah. So all that being said, uh, the only reason I bring that up is because I have another Mars story here, but that one is the most poignant. So good on perseverance. And What's the other one about? Is it about the what? Well, no, I, don't <laughs> know yours. I don't want to say it before, Mike. I don't want to say it if you already have it. No, it's about Mars's water cycle. Oh man, there was a topic I almost did and I didn't, and now we're talking about Mars, and I'm so annoyed. So a lot of Mars I have to go back and grab it. I know, man. So I may have to go back and grab it because. This would be a perfect segue right now. It was about the... I can't even... No, I'll wait for it. Yeah, save it. So uh, this new study was about uh, Mars's water cycle and how Mars may lose water to space in hotter seasons. Meaning... Oh, I mean, just because it, you know, burns off? 
it burns off. But I mean, Earth's water evaporates as well and turns into a steam or a gaseous form. But, you know, I don't know how much of Earth's water is being lost into space, meaning it would have to escape our gravity because it's so hot and uh, the air is so thin and. Bob's your oh, I'm sure, actually, I'm sure that's actually already <laughs> happening. I'm sure that's the natural part of the water cycle. I'm sure some percentage always goes out of space on some level. I, I mean, just obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, you know, yeah, it can't be. We can't be contained a hundred percent. Like not even a drop of water ever leaves. You'd think like some steamy stuff would. Well, what the fuck are we talking about? Because it's steam. It turns into water, then it rains back down. Yes, that's our water cycle. Our water cycle. I know is the three step process, and uh, some must come out anyway. Yeah. No, I don't know if that's true though, because Mars, uh, <laughs> we've said it has no atmosphere, so it's not like there's a lot. Well, I mean, I, I I shouldn't I should refrain that. I don't know what its atmosphere is, but it's not comparable to Earth. It's not oxygen, nitrogen, blah blah blah. So Dinner. that being said, yeah, um, or non-existent. Yeah, there's nothing like really to trap it there, right? It's That's not, true. It's not like there's a lot of friction in the air to keep it down. That's I, like the Europa moon, right? Because it's like shooting out those plumes of water and they could see the plumes of water ice coming out from the Europa moon. And that's yeah. how they know there's like liquid waters under there and that could be a possible place of life in the in our solar system. So, uh, to be fair, they have not gathered enough data to measure Mars's hot season compared to its cold season. So, uh, the whole, this whole conclusion, all the conclusions are thrown out until, you know, data is collected. But it was interesting that they, um, noticed that it was losing water because, I mean, how many movies have we seen, uh, uh what is it? Total Recall about terraforming Mars, which is... yeah. Also a great board game, by the way. I say there's a board game about that too. Doom. <laughs> and so there you go. I mean, what an uphill battle Red that would planet. be to terraform Mars if uh all your efforts, you're just dumping water there and you're building oceans. And then once it gets in its hot season, you know, you see 80% of your ocean boil away, or <laughs> that's why we gotta destroy the moon. I've been saying it. If we destroy yeah, the, the moon of Mars. We could probably create an atmosphere around Mars of a dusty, more thicker, robust atmosphere. Oh, I love um, those robust atmospheres. Really, yeah. yeah let's something let's to hang sell on a, to. a t-shirt. Uh-huh. Let's sell that t-shirt. Destroy. Let's destroy one of Mars's <laughs> moons. So I got a story here about a, a 3D printer. I know Sean is really into 3D printing. He's 3D printed a bunch of stuff. If you look at our Instagram, the better the most things Instagram, BTMT podcast. I have, I have, I have a story. And I at, do enjoy yeah. them. I have a story out of Europe, though. I guess it's Europe's biggest 3D printer has helped to create an entire two-story house. Okay. <laughs> Which I think is pretty cool because the idea of just 3D printing a house, you can just be like, boom, 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 and just stamp out a whole... Do you need a permit for that? <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> All right, well, how do you define a, a two-story house? Because there's, there's pictures online of two-story outhouses, and that's just like, you know... Well, yeah, this thing isn't like super, you know, fancy yet. And I actually didn't get a really good picture of this house either. So let's just use our our collected imaginations of what it could look like. Is this a dollhouse? Um, but uh, they, they used a gantry printer. I was wondering, do you know what that is, a gantry printer? Uh, I, well, uh, yeah, I guess a gantry printer would be a printhead that is suspended above the print. Right. And it moves around on an X, Y <laughs> axis and maybe a Z axis. <laughs> Yes, I think that's what, basically that last part is. I think what it is is basically okay. where it prints. It, can, it basically goes around like in a square and go up and down and yeah. pretty much all the different angles it can go into. So it prints out. And it, this one uses concrete, but um, it says it's a gantry printer. It operates basically like the most common small plastic printers and uses the same type of software. It's just on a larger scale. And like I said, it uses concrete. That is. And so dope. this printer, yeah, this printer is thirty-two feet by thirty-two feet. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Imagine all the stuff you can print with concrete, too. That's what I'm saying. They're like, what if you just make a bunch of... We could take this printer to the beach and make a bunch of igloos just along the beach one night. Or maybe it might take weeks. Well, I mean, this, yeah, okay, this raises all sorts of questions that I don't I don't know if you have the answers for. I'm not necessarily looking for them if you, if you don't. But uh, just about, like, how they built the house with supports. Like, did they have a secondary type of cement that would uh, wash away... Or something where they needed to oh, support wow. the ceiling, 
you know, how do you build a ceiling without something underneath it to hold it up? That's why you that's why sometimes yeah, 3D printers will use secondary materials that like rinse away with chemicals or <laughs> see, water. that's why you're on the show cuz I just sit there and go like, "See, they printed it stupid." And that's all you think about, but you're like, "Well, how'd they actually do that?" It's just <laughs> like, cuz I have one. Stuff. I know. Well, um I think going into that, you're kind of right both ways. It was like um the printer was used to print the shell of the house and then additional features like the roof and windows were added in the old-fashioned way. Gotcha. And it it also had solar panels and underfloor heating. Oh, wow. So this building was 980 square feet, and it's actually not intended for residential purposes. <laughs> so let's not all get crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. It's just like all those mouse subjects. With like, and the mouse, they did kill it at the end, even though it had superpowers and was going to live forever. They killed it. So um, no, so it's not beyond yeah. being not fit for uh, cohabitation. Uh, so what what good is this thing? Is it a business? Can they well, cook food in it? Much, yeah, like it was it was used as a demonstrator, kind of a. Um, it, the guy said uh, printing this building is mainly a statement. It shows that yes. uh, that construction in the, the construction industry that accessibility and the potential of this technique, which I, I love the idea of the technique. I mean, because I don't know how long it takes to build a house, but I have a feeling that if you just sat there and was like print house go, it probably would be a little bit more efficient. Even if you still have, like you said, add probably some supports or the roof or all that stuff. I bet you just that. On some level, this would make it more efficient and probably cheaper because you don't actually have to. I guess you have to buy the huge printer, but once you buy that, you can print a whole neighborhood, possibly. Well, right. That would be the. That's the whole gimmick. Is can this thing? I don't know. Maybe they can optimize it to. So I'm guessing they printed. I think it this should be your gimmick. As, I want you to buy one of these big 32 by 30. This is kind of what I'm pitching you. This is become oh. Shark Tank, and I want to pitch you this printer because. You made some impressive things in your small printer. Imagine if you'd be printing like you could print some hobo shacks and stuff. I have so many questions. I want to know what kind of fidelity <laughs> you're getting out of this thing. I want to know uh, how the material works. Like, do they have do to mean? mix up? I feel like I should know that, that word, but I don't know right now. Fidelity. Maybe. Fidelity, as in um, the resolution, the the fineness, the quality of it. You know, your print lines. How many print lines are you going to see? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, that like a, yeah. And then, uh, I, like, what what what's your hopper? What's your material look like? Do they have to make up mix up like two hundred gallons of this stuff and use it all in one batch, or does it mix itself as it's going into the nozzle? Like, so many questions. The well, mind. They did mention it. They did mention in the hopper that they add some unicorn blood. If that helps. Oh, that does help. Okay. Well, I mean, that <laughs> solves most problems. So you know. <laughs> Well, that's uh, I do like what the I do like what the guy said. He's like, uh, this could be one way that developers in the future, maybe the better than most things, developers uh, could quickly and affordably create high quality basic homes with a surprising amount of variation along the way. That's what I like too. Is like, I guess you could make a whole neighborhood, but if we all signed up to be in the same neighborhood, like, hey, hey, you want to live together? Let's all live together in the you know whatever the fuck on that hill over there, and then we'll plan it out. It'll take maybe three months. We'll buy the printer. I'm assuming there's wheels on the motherfucker, and we'll, we'll put wheels on it. And then we'll just set it out on the countryside and have it print out houses. And then we'll all, you know, make our, our, you know, variations. Like mine would have a stripper pole and some other stuff in it. But, you know, you guys can make your variations. And all, you, all you're doing is just putting it in the printer. And then, boom, we'll have a, a nice little cul-de-sac. We can all live together and make a farm. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the end of the topic of that one. <laughs> but we could. Well, that was awkward. So I have a story here about dogs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Max, but back in 2013, I remember I, dogs, bro. I I reported on a story on our old podcast, The Dubious Bakery, about dogs and how they preferred to poop and pee upon uh, uh, longitudinal magnetic lines, so north to south. This is stirring a small memory in me, and but not enough to tell you any more facts. So, so yes. It was, um, it was, it was a, let me see here. Well, I don't have who did the story, but nonetheless, they did a story about, uh, they did a study about, uh, dogs. It happened. And they, what they did was they let a bunch of dogs loose in a uh, big field and then they tracked where they pooped and peed. And it turned out mm -hmm. that the dogs like to poop and pee in a north to south direction, as in, uh, if you if you followed the tracks, if you followed the uh, 
the leavings. B line. Yeah. You would essentially draw a north to south line. Is it changing because the north to south is changing? Well, no. And that's one reason I uh, bring it up now is because there's new evidence about dogs and their internal magnetic compasses. And oh, that's another article I kind of glazed over. I, I mean, I saw the title. I was like, that sounds cool. And then I never did it. Okay. And since uh, we did a story a few episodes ago about the Earth's magnetic poles shifting from north to south, uh-huh. um, I figured I'd bring this up because it's probably going to fuck with your dog, too. Okay, perfect. So in this dog new buggy. study, uh, study suggests that not only do they like to poop and pee north to south, but their internal compass helps them navigate more efficiently. How do they measure their internal compass? How do they know it? Is it in their chest? Is it in their butthole? <laughs> Is that why they're all smelling each other? Um, well, Is it their heart? Can I take it out and use it for so, a compass? Uh, this study was done by putting a GPS device on their neck and then tracking their movement. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess in a way they're inferring that dogs have an internal compass. Science has necess- it has kind of inferred that humans have an internal compass. Now, whether it be as strong as our other sensors, probably this not. This doesn't. Mine's broken. If I do, I don't know anything. I gave up that power a long time ago. So in the study, they took uh, 200, or excuse me, they took 27 dogs on 223 trips to a nearby large forested park over the course of three years. Oh my God. And what they found. What a great job. Well, yeah, right. And so they made sure to uh, take the dogs uh, to different areas of the park that they haven't been to, so they wouldn't repeat the same territory and know it. And you know, the the logistics involved is crazy, mm-hmm. and dealing with dogs too. Yeah. All right. So, seventy six percent of the dogs would stop before returning, and for about twenty meters along a north and south axis, they would run. And then find their owner in a uh, more direct route. They're like calibrating themselves or something? Yes, exactly. So they would release their dog, let it go play and sniff out stuff. And then their dog would get, you know, a di- fine distance away. The, z- the zoomies. Yeah. You know what the zoomies are? Yeah, they would zoomie away for sure. Yeah, they just all of a sudden just like, boom, boom, just run back and forth. Usually it's like a, a, an excitement thing. Maybe they're also calibrating. Right. And so they would uh, they would bounce away, and then when they were done with their scent, they would run north to south, either direction, for about 20 meters. And then, in general, once they did that, they would find their way back to their master faster than the dogs that did not do that. Oh, man. I'm one of the dogs that doesn't do that. Oh, no. If I was a dog, I would be, the, I'd be not the zoomy on the line dog if I just... Oh, man, that makes me feel bad. (laughs) So the next step is to attach a magnet to their collar to disrupt their internal compass and then run all the tests again. I'm going to get get the dog strokes or something. (laughs) I'm just sad they have to kill all the dogs at the end of the experiment. Uh, yeah, dogs, rats. uh, I mean, mean, we all know how it is at the end of all these experiments. They just kill them all. (laughs) But then they try again on the body, too. So, you know, for science. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they could, you know, they'll make some super dog out of all of them. Or <laughs> So this was something else the article mentioned. Uh, similar tests have been done on humans. And what happens uh-huh. is they blindfolded them. And then inside the blindfold was magnets. And they found that it disrupt humans' internal compasses. And they just made them go pee in the in the field, too, and stuff. Well, yeah, for sure. But then, you Humans know, tend to pee on them. there was no pattern there. So they gave up on hey, that. Hey, all you guys, I want you all to, I, I need 20 dudes. I need you all to wear a blindfold. I'm going to throw this big magnet, this I love California magnet on your fucking forehead. <laughs> then go, go pee in this <laughs> pee in this field. All right. And I'll give you all 20. Like, uh, I, I love this study. So I was reading something that was just the pretty much right on the clickbait alone. But, uh, I said astronomers witnessed the black hole blink for the first time. And I was like, what does that mean? And so here's what they basically that means. Oh, man. So they kind of got me on that. Like, oh, I know what did, that do you means. know about this? I've been to Vegas. Do you know about this? I know what that means. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Not an asshole blink, Sean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. It's a black hole blink. It's way different. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so uh, for the first time, the astronomers uh, have seen uh, the brightness of a, of a black hole snuffed out and then gradually returned to brightness. And so, as we know, you can't actually see a black hole, but you can see the pretty much the corona around it, which is being eaten by all the stuff the black hole's eaten, all the electrons excite, and it's called the accretion disk. And then just outside the event horizon and on the inner side of the accretion disk is the corona. And that's this thing that is pretty much almost like a neon light. It's exciting all these things. And that's pretty much what we see when we're looking for black holes. We see the black hole eating these things. And so what happened was the scientists, they were watching this thing and it pretty much got really bright and then just disappeared altogether. Okay. And then after a couple... I don't know, weeks basically it went back to like normal if not a little bit brighter so it like blinked out and then came back to normal so it's, they're wondering what the hell happened okay so well i have a hole. theory if it's like a neon okay. light uh neon relies on uh energy and gases to create the light so maybe it swallowed a large amount of gas in that instance and mm-hmm. lit up real bright and then you know the gas is uh used up so Bob's your uncle. You're not too far off on the on an idea of possibly what they think could have happened. Let me talk more about it, but then I'll let's go back to that because that's not too bad. Because you're right, maybe it is something like that. Because just reading it, I know we're all like armchair experts, but I have the same thought. I read, I'm like, well, maybe just I always think aliens. Like maybe some alien just needed some fuel, and then it just you know went out, and then it just kind of started off again. That's what I always think about when I read any any star like star based thing. I always think it's aliens. Hmm. Um. What was cool about this thing is that I so saw they, they, they used to think this thing should take um, like millions of years for this luminosity to change. Like that's why they called it a blink because this should this should take a long time. And all of a sudden it happened in the factor of a year. Basically, they saw this thing change by a factor of 10,000 over a year, and even changed by a factor of 108 hours. And the guy described it as unheard of and really mind boggling. Huh. So back to the black holes, we're trying to like we're learning more about black holes on this show than we ever have in the past. And it's always like, though, they find big ones and this one's or invisible ones. Now this one's like one that blinked out. And so a possible idea of what could have happened was is a runaway star. They thought maybe a runaway star so happened to encounter the black hole. And then this could maybe account for all the weird X-ray radiation they found. So first of all, so star would be tidally disrupted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like back uh, to your gas theory. Maybe we said like it swallowed all this gas or something. Yeah. Maybe instead, maybe some huge thing got in its way, just kind of disrupted the whole. Well, uh, now, uh, now you make me I think. I like, Bob's your uncle again for some reason. <laughs> we <laughs> say Bob's your uncle now. That's like the catchphrase. Um, is so runaway star. Like so, OJ ran into this uh, this black hole, and then uh, OJ Simpson. Yeah, runaway star. <laughs> okay. I couldn't oh, think man. of anybody else, any no, other stars that ran from like maybe Nick people. Nolte. Did Nick we'll Nolte run? We'll call the star of the Bronco. So the Bronco hit the black star. <laughs> the black star. Oh my God. I love this. This is hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Nick so basically, Nolte. they're saying the star possibly got tightly disrupted, causing the initial flare. Because, oh yeah, they saw it. Like, remember I said it, it, it shone brighter than normal at first? So That's a theory. Right there, we saw something kind of go boom or some bright thing. And then the debris from that star could have temporarily disrupted the black hole's magnetic field, after which it rebuilt itself as the space around the black hole settled back into a more normal state. Okay. Well, that's, that's the possible theory, <laughs> fuckface. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I'm just also, um, just because just I know you're so fascinated, um, they're at the end of it too. They even said like, "Oh man, like it's possible that this extreme behavior observed is actually pretty normal behavior. We just haven't spotted it until now." So this is just still a first for black hole hunters out there. They thought this happened on much larger time scales. They've seen stuff dim and stuff before, but this is like some event happened within like a year or two. Well, and I always think it's aliens. I'll tell you what, color me impressed. Right, better than most linking. Uh, black holes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. So, uh, as you guys know, we usually do the Comic Con thing, but uh, given yes. given yeah. COVID and whatnot, it's, it was a little difficult this year. Yes. Yeah. By difficult, you mean literally impossible. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not going to happen this year. Like I haven't, I haven't been to the last like year or two, but even then that is, I've, I've gone for like 12 years, but you guys have gone even longer. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, we are talking about Comic-Con San Diego. It usually happens in July, and it's one of the biggest comic conventions in the world. I'd say the... It's uh, not me. Yeah, I'd say the de facto comic convention. The OG one. And, I mean, it it draws thousands, thousands of people to uh, downtown San Diego, and it's a madhouse for, uh, you know, a good week down there. Oh, yeah. Every year it gets bigger too. So it would have been a madhouse this year and that year. And yeah. Yeah. Right. And so uh, this year they couldn't obviously gather that many people together. So what they did was they did Comic Con at home and they streamed a lot of their panels. Um, so did you, I know, uh, Mystery, you have gone consistently more than uh, Max or myself. So did you partake in this year's Comic Con at home? Uh, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think this year might have been my 10th year or 11th. So I was kind of excited. I think it would have been a 10th. So I was kind of bummed out that it got canceled. But um, I did not catch a lot of the Comic-Con at home. And to be honest, when I go, the panels aren't really my thing to begin with. Um, for instance, my brother's all about the panels. He loves seeing the celebrities, you know, in person. And, and he loves seeing that 15 second teaser before six Anyone minutes else? before the rest of the Internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's not my thing. I, I'm my thing is, is I'm all about the immersion and, you know, I'm, I, I like to cosplay and stuff. So when I go there, like I get in character and my, I just love to walk around and just look at everything. And, and for someone who's been there so many years in a row, I can tell you that it's different every year and you can just walk around and, and, and there's, we've talked about this before. There's a reason why it's a three, four day event and you can go all those days and still not see everything. Oh so, yeah. Watching the panels online, eh, I didn't really catch it. I'm more about like getting my feet wet in there and getting into the crowds and stuff. And I, I think you guys are too, if I remember. Oh, yes. sure. Yeah, you want to see the crowd. And I remember those days, you know, we're not the most physically fit people in the world, but it's almost like you're walking like a marathon's worth of walking. You're like to the front, to the back, to the front, to the back, to the front. You're walking all day, like eight hours, 10 hours, because you never want to leave this place because of the crowd and the pictures and the just the atmosphere well yeah i think uh and so what they're saying here is uh some people are calling this year's comic-con a bit of a bust uh simply because it didn't generate the media the social media traffic that it normally does we do we let's invest hard in the, into the next year's comic-con because of this year being a bust that means everyone is going to make it a big blowout next year like not like because they didn't get their blowout some people that's like their only thing they do all year is that yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I'm sure they have jobs and stuff, but you know. What I, mean. <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of my, like, for a while there, that was my, like, yearly thing. Like, all right, I know I'm going here. I know I'm going to hang out with the boys, and we're going to get shit-faced and see a bunch of weird oh, stuff. Yeah. and woohoo! Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the one thing that's going to be really unfortunate about next year's Comic-Con is that all the people that had tickets to go this year could either get a refund or roll their tickets over. And I can guarantee you that at least 99% of the people <laughs> rolled their tickets over, meaning mm. that not only did you not get to go to this year's Comic-Con if you didn't get tickets, but you were almost guaranteed not to be able to go next year as well. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. What a downer on that thought. That is <laughs> yeah. yeah. funny. So like all the people who think about Comic-Con and it's notoriously hard to get tickets, yeah, next year is going to be be a bloodbath. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys are fighting over like – 500 tickets probably <laughs> whatever tickets mean nothing to us well uh, yeah true that because we have scalped our way in for the past couple years hey we can't we can't I mean, no we haven't we've never done that <laughs> we just hang out we hang out on the outside and just have fun with mr mr e and his cool cosplay uh, whenever i'm with mr e his cosplay i like to pretend i'm just like his bodyguard and i just go out of the way out of the way <laughs> And that's no another way. fun thing about Comic-Con is you can go to San Diego downtown and not even go to Comic-Con and have such a great time. Oh, my God. So many activities and events that normally wouldn't Free be there. Shit. Yeah, and you don't even need an event pass to get into most of the stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, it's great. Just it's the, it's the crowd and the atmosphere, like you said, and just the picture quality. Like, how? I mean, I think it's a picture just opportunity fest because normally you never want to take a picture of yourself anywhere because, you know, oh, yeah, I'm at Applebee's. Awesome. Like, right. But when you're at Comic-Con, it's like, holy shit, like, here's a fucking Batman dude. Like, oh, was, was so his on, or, oh, my God. Like, it's like the whole time you actually want to take a picture 
and have memories of you actually doing shit there. Right. For sure. Yeah. And so, uh, so two panels garnered, uh, 200,000 people, uh, viewing their stream. That was, that was their peak. So That's how many people go to Comic-Con? More than 200,000. Oh, assuming? I'm I sure. Would, I would think so. Yeah. So, uh, those two panels to give you some perspective on the quality of the streams here, uh, were oh. Vikings and the new mutants. Okay. Oh, Dude, is Vikings still Vikings on? Like, been I, doing panels for years, so I'd imagine their panel was pretty spot on. Dude, I was really into Vikings, and then season four, one of the main characters goes, and then I just lost track, and I haven't gotten back in, so I'm surprised the show's still on. I'm going to get back into it. Well, that's the thing, because uh, these would normally be held in the famous Hall H, and Hall H seats uh, 6,500 people, so 6,500, compared to the 2,000 that were able to view the stream, or excuse me, 200,000 that were able to view yeah. the stream. So, you know, extrapolate whatever info you will from those numbers, but ultimately it didn't garner the media, the social media traffic that they're used to and the, the word the of mouth. And I think ultimately, because like you guys were saying, it, there's no photo opportunities oh, oh. at home. Yeah. So what do I have yeah. to post to my Instagram? You know, me standing next to my computer, exactly. thumbs up. like for sure. and, and a lot of those people go for, believe it or not, toys and collectibles. I mean, you'll see people walking out with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of merch. So, I mean, yeah. that not being there too, probably just for sure. I mean, look at every cool streamer, so every streamer or YouTuber. When like <clears throat> a lot of them have like cool things in the background, and some of that stuff you'd only get at Comic Con or it sells yeah. out in two seconds. Like they have cool stuff there. Like let's not have get some commission from artists and stuff like yeah. That. No, it's, there's a reason it's so attractive. It's great there. It's cool. So yeah. I watched uh, two panels. One was a uh, Constantine fifteenth anniversary. Oh, and oh, wow! Let me just tell you, Keanu Reeves, like I, I guess give a shit, quote unquote, in person. Oh, he's a gym. He's a goddamn treasure. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah, oh yeah, he is. So that's fun. Like I appreciate the idea of uh, seeing a celebrity out of their natural environment, i.e., scripted material, because then you really get to know them. I guess in a way you get to see who they are and Keanu Reeves is a gym. And let me tell you someone on the other end of that spectrum. Uh, what's her face from the resident evil films? Um, Mia Jovovich. Yeah, dude, n there's nothing behind really? the eyes. Yeah. Just dead there's air. Nothing behind the eyes. She does a lot of those panels too. So I'm surprised by that. Oh, uh, we've so said that. I remember in person, we said that too. She just like, ah, ah. <laughs> like, just she was either. Are you even yeah, the one time I saw her, she was either oh, really yeah. stoned or just so not interested. And it's like, wow, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone on Reddit loves Keanu Reeves. He's like, there's that video online where he famously gives the lady a seat yes. on, the, on, the, on the subway. Versus if I was Keanu Reeves status and I was sitting there and they looked at me like, can I sit down and go, I'm Keanu Reeves. <laughs> In fact, get out of this car. And everyone, everyone get out of this car. You would pull the, do you know like, who okay. I am? You know who the fuck I am? I was in three Matrix movies and Bill and Ted 1, 2, and upcoming three. Um, anyway, um, I was reading a, a story about the evolving science of dream control. I oh. thought that was kind Ooh, of interesting. Dreaming? Sort of, yeah, in a way, a way of controlling possibly what you're dreaming about. Obviously in the very early stages, so it's not that intense. But, you know, it's more intense than nothing. So Because, obviously, I'll out myself here. I have been known to smoke weed once or twice, so... I dream, but it's very like not adventures or anything. I feel like it's just very like I wake up with like the idea that I thought about something as I was sleeping. So I don't really dream too intensely. But uh, so scientists uh, have developed an experimental device and a protocol for manipulating the content of people's dream while they're sleeping by making them recall specific cues that can be triggered during like, a certain sleep state. And so what that kind of means is I'll, I'll explain it like the dumb way first, and then I'll kind of get into the intense way. Well, yeah. So what it sounds like is, uh, you know, in cartoons and TV shows and someone's sleeping and then someone else whispers in the ear, like, uh, give me money. You want to wake up and give me money. What's the end of your debit card? Right. Yeah. It sounds like that's kind of what's going on here. They're cueing you the brain. far off on some level. Like, hmm. Find me very attractive. Like, <laughs> like, like ah. Um, 
It's funny well, that you could whisper, the, uh, find yeah. me very attractive to someone sleeping around you. That doesn't find you attractive already. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. weird situation. I mean, I mean yeah. The, I mean, the first step's getting inside. We all know it. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> um, so they're calling it targeted dream incubation or TDI. And what, basically what they're doing, is there's a state of consciousness called hypnagogia. I don't know much about it, but I remember looking into it and they're saying, you know, they threw out the Tesla word like, oh, Tesla was really into hypnagogia. Who else did they say? Edison, too. And then they're, and yeah, they mentioned Edison, too. Hypna, H-Y-P-N-A, and then G-O-G-I-A. So look, yeah, look into it while I kind of talk about it briefly. Coming to a Trader Joe's near you. Coming to... <laughs> um, and so what this is, it's almost like a, a stage of sleep where you're kind of a little bit elusive, but going into... It shares many of the fluid dreamlike sensations of REM sleep, but with an important difference. People can still hear and process audio during this in-between state as they transition from being awake to being asleep okay. and vice versa. So what does so what does that mean? So basically during this state when you're kind of asleep but you're kind of awake, I, I you know it's funny, I almost feel like I know what this is because oh, sometimes yeah. I lay down to be to like rest per se i call it resting i don't necessarily sleep and i have the tv on and i feel like i'm aware of what's happening but i'm at the same time i'm definitely not you know awake i'm just kind of like, like whatever maybe it's this thing although i don't know we're just being drunk or something. Um, <laughs> who knows what it could be um but what's cool is so during this process they basically you wear this hand device and this hand device can measure when you're in that state via like hand pressure and some other stuff basically and they said either an app, but another video I watched said it was a robot that does it. So I'm not sure if it's a robot or an app, but something will say something to you when you're in this state. Like in this in this one, it said, remember to think of a tree in this study. Okay. It say, remember to think of a tree when you're in this like, so almost imagine you're going to sleep. But then like, as you're kind of like, remember to think of a tree. And then you kind of go back to sleep. And this this would kind of happening. This would happen a couple of times, and then participants would say that they said sixty seven percent of people reported a dream upon something to do with a tree upon waking up. So they For just lack of a better term. Okay, well that's fascinating. So I mean, you could, <clears throat> I guess the 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 ultimate not ultimate, but one of the next steps is you could uh, buy a little hand device or whatever that would monitor your hypnagogia. And mm-hmm. once you're there, it would alert your phone to tell you, you know, oh, have good dreams or, you know, dream of unicorns or, you know, that sexy babe, you know, some shit like that mm-hmm. and just incept you. Uh, right. That's, I, you know, that's why I was afraid to say that. But this article kept like, inception, it's incepting, it's inception. Like, like, even though it's like very on some level, though, it is about that where you kind of are guiding. I liked how the, this is wording it. It's like the targeted dream incubation is reactivating memories during sleep in a manner that leads to incorporation of the targeted memory into the dream content. And part of what this thing did too is uh, you actually had to say it out loud. So remember the tree? Somehow, uh, I forgot, this is kind of important, I think, where it would wake you up a little bit during that state. Remember, you could hear things. So you'd Uh actually have to say, remember the tree. And then you'd go right back to sleep. And I've actually heard this in lucid dreaming before. I think we did a topic a long time ago. Like this might be episode two of the old show. About a whole thing about lucid dreaming where you draw a dot on the middle of your palm, and it's a black dot, and you look at it. And every oh, time you I look remember at this it, topic. Yeah, every time you look at it, you're supposed to say, Am I you're supposed to ask yourself, Am I dreaming? Okay. And then you think about it for a second and go, No, I'm not, and that's it. But then supposedly one day, if you're dreaming in the dream world and you look at the hand, you don't see the dot, it might actually trigger this weird state where you go, Am I dreaming? You say yes, and you might actually start lucid dreaming. So this is almost another way to do that. And or maybe if I was using that old tech, what we just said versus this technology, maybe I'd say, remember the dot. Mm. In my, in my thing. So I'd always draw the dot back on my palm. And then this thing, when I was in, when I was in the hypnagogia state, I'd say, remember the dot. I go, remember the dot. And then as I'm sleeping, I'd look at my hand maybe more often than normal. And then I'd maybe look for the dot or not the dot. Although maybe this would actually make me dream of the dot of my hand. And I started accepting myself in a weird way. I don't know. Who knows? But that could be a way. Anyway, this is like a weird first step to maybe guiding what your dreams could possibly be about. Again, I don't really dream that often. So I'm, I might, you know, no one remembers their stuff anyway. 
Oh, another thing about this app is when it when you say the thing out loud, I guess you wake up too and talk about the dream right away. It'll record that too. Oh, you know how you fine. like forget about what you're dreaming about? Always, constantly. As soon as you, yeah, so as soon as you wake up, you go like, "Oh, I was dreaming about a blood, a dot in my hand," and then you know record that too. And so they did a control group too, and the, the control group pretty much would just talk about random stuff versus the ones that they did the tree thing. They talk about trees somewhere somehow in their thing. <laughs> Remember to smoke trees. Smoke trees every day. <laughs> that's kind of it on that topic. But I, I remember thinking it was kind of like an interesting idea of because I don't want to go too crazy into it. But uh, if, uh, I don't know what you looked up, Mister Reed. <clears throat> but they said like this is also a way to like mem- remember things better and activate creativity and problem solving. That's what they're saying too. Like this is like a that's what it's, it said. They said Tesla it was like, like you- the window is tight from what I'm reading. Like it sounds like the window is like right before you hit. I don't know what did it say, deep sleep, sleep or, or something. Yeah, so I I don't know how tight that window is, but if they can, if it sounds like if they can manage to give you that audio, I don't want to say hallucination. It's not, but yeah, at the it's right time. I mean, I, I this is a crazy story, but and I don't know if this has anything to relate to this, but it might. <laughs> when I was probably like a kid, I was probably like six or seven years old. I went to sleep, and I'll never forget this. And before I closed my eyes, I said. This is random. I said, I want to dream of Bugs Bunny tonight. <laughs> and I swear to God, as soon as I fell asleep, I had the most vivid dreams where I was in like Toon Land with Bugs Bunny and shit. And the only reason I remember this is because I've never been able to replicate it ever again, where it's like, I want to dream of this shit tonight. Boom, it happens. But I'm wondering if maybe somehow that tied in. Who the fuck knows? No, that's another it, part but... of lucid dreaming, too, is saying, I want to do this and remembering what you dream about and yeah, I don't know it why. I remember a dream about that. reading a book. That's a long time ago. I read a. I was reading Star Wars books a lot, and I remember dreaming about reading a Star Wars book. And I woke up wearing like, "What the fuck was I doing?" Like, because <laughs> I was reading in a dream. I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I've exactly. done. <laughs> I've done that where I um, I crack out on like Starcraft for a whole day, and then. I go to sleep and I'm having like Starcraft oriented dreams where I'm, I'm planning oh, out f- things strategically. Totally. And you're absolutely right. When I have long gaming sessions, I have dreams that I'm playing the game for sure. Yeah. Or just mm. applying the game logic to whatever the dream situation is. Definitely. Like, <laughs> get in your head. So where's the start? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Waiting for that rush. There's too many of them. Um, so I like this because this would be a good way to put you in a good mood in the morning. Cause you know how you, you, you have nightmares all night and you wake up and you're just kind of like, you're not on your game. You're, uh, you're disturbed. No, that you every night. Is that why you, you, you are the way you are. That's you have nightmares part. every night. Well, that's only <laughs> you know, part you have of the like reason. murderous nightmares every night. And you wake up and like, ah, <sighs> okay. Face the day. That's why I sleep in the uh, bathtub. Yeah. You know, For sure. Yeah. All tied up. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I thought that was strange, but I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because I, th- I think it's great. You could, oh, exactly. You could you could gear yourself at night uh, to have a better morning, you know, to have a more restful sleep. And if if we figure out what dreams affect you in certain ways, like are the dreams where you're uh, uh, you're 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 hanging out with your friends, is that dream more likely to make you sleep better versus the nightmares versus the the sexy dream versus the the roller coaster dream? You know what? Actually, you talking about that kind of made me understand this article even more because they kept saying this is a great tool for creativity and problem solving. And they kept saying Tesla done it. Edison done it. Like they all they even said, uh, what's his face? The guy, the someone from the Beatles did it because they, they 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 said the song was made in a dream. But maybe if let's say you're working Ooh, on a. I let's know what song that was. We'll have to look at it. That would be my guess. There was someone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the video the I watched even really make makes no sense. Oh, maybe it was. I don't know. But it did say it was like Paul McCartney, some song came from a dream. So he did hypnagogia too. But maybe, you know, you're a 3D printer or something. Maybe there's you can't decide on what design to do or something like that. So before you go to sleep, you set this whole thing up to go, remember to think about the design. Remember, and then when you sleep, you'll dream about maybe the problem you'll problem solve and be more creative on how to they said oh that's what it was they said salvador dolly did this and that's why his dreams are so ah. surreal and weird shit too because he was just like drawing like whatever he was seeing in his dreams and so this could be a way of you know elevating your design to the next step try to design something via dream thing that's pretty cool i'm into it 
Do you guys have an Alexa by chance? Anybody? Yes. No. Okay. Well, Mr. E, are you afraid of Alexa spying on you? <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right. Cool. Good for you. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I have one as well. <laughs> I don't Did have you ever get an email that asked you if you about the class action lawsuit? About if you knew that Alexa was spying on you or not? I did not. What? Oh, I got a, yeah, I got an email for that. And it was like, if you did not know Alexa was spying on you, you're eligible for this class action lawsuit that can net you, you know, $300 at minimum or whatever. And it's like, did you know Alexa was spying on you? And obviously the answer is yes. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it, that was like probably a year and a half ago and I still haven't heard anything, but we'll see. Sir, are you telling me it's confirmed that Alexa is spying on us? Absolutely. It listens, but I mean, it's whether... data mining. Is it though? It's for sure data Absolutely. mining. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's no conspiracy. That's a thing. That's confirmed. Well, that that's makes why sense. the class action lawsuits happening. Then you and I might need to invest in what they're calling the Alexa Gate, and it's a Ooh. new device that promises to give you peace of mind around your Alexa when planning your terrorist attacks. So. What it oh does come with a certificate of authenticity, or how can I believe that? We need a. a... <laughs> You're getting caught up in the wrong thing here, Max. So, <laughs> what happens is this new device, Alexa Gate, it shoots uh, pulsed ultrasounds at Alexa's microphone. Oh, I like this already. So it can't so it, spy on you. It's it's essentially EMPing Alexa. <laughs> kind of. So it's like, so like <laughs> feedbacking the microphone so it can't listen to what you're saying. Yeah. So this device sits on top of your Alexa and then uh, shoots sounds at its microphones, at its microphone that disrupts it. And it can't pick up on, you know, your conversation across the room or any of that. It's probably it's either just, like a really high frequency or a really low frequency. It just plays Hootie and the Blowfish over and over to your Alexa. <laughs> like, with a little love, as I'm Okay. It's like to, to, to the Alexa. <laughs> over and over till the Alexa kills itself. So to turn it off you, and turn it off and on, you clap three times and then say, Alexa, call mom or computer, call mom. Ah, I like that. The code. Clap, turn it back on. Yep. Just smash the fucking Alexa. Jesus Christ. Like you gotta, there's a move, like it's called the big hit where they're like, I got a trace buster. I could tell where that guy's calling from. And then they call later. I was like, well, yeah, well, I got a trace buster buster. And like later on, there, at one point, there was like, well, he doesn't know this thing is trace buster, buster, buster. So when you try to trace buster, trace buster, it busts his trace buster. <laughs> like, this is what it sounds like right now. Yeah, it was right like, down, so down, right down, like, you know, I have fucking Alexa spies on you. What kind of device it doesn't, it out spies Alexa, even though it kind of listens too to see how much you like it not spying on Alexa. So now I designed this laser that shoots at that thing to make sure it always plays Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought the the spying was a bit of a moot point because, I mean, your cell phone's capable of the same thing. You know what's really weird about it? Like, even though I'm very anti-spying, I think, and, like, and all that shit, on some level, even though it sucks and I hate it, I don't want that to happen and I want to protect everyone's data. It's, isn't it kind of nice because then it knows, like, hey, I looked up toilet seats. Now I'm going to get toilet seats forever. And every time I ever look at some toilet seats or some, that's not a real example, by the way. Well, but like, Or if I look up some... Like, I know Instagram thinks I like cats because I look at one cat thing. So every time their ads are like, you like cats? Here's a cat page. Like, I get them everywhere. And I do like the pictures, but I don't, like, subscribe to the cat pictures. So Broomhilda and I have actively tested our Alexa. And for the first year, we would randomly just talk about kite surfing. And yeah, just kite, kite surfing. surfing. That was it. And we just, we'd walk into the room and go, kite surfing. And then we'd have conversations about kite surfing. You know, just so Alexa could spy on us and offer us some kite surfing stuff. And we never got it. So, really? Yeah. Wow. I'm telling you, the most recent one I had that blew my mind was like, sent me, oh, I shouldn't say her name, but this unknown woman we know <laughs> sent me a picture. <laughs> sent me a picture of like a tapestry. Sent me a picture of it. I didn't look it up, nothing. And I got an advertisement for tapestry the next day. So that's like not even data mining what you're searching, not even microphone pickup, but literally incoming. But through Facebook Messenger, like I don't know. Well, Facebook's that's the number one guy that does. There, Facebook's yeah. the number one. But it can like image scan. Are you telling me that it picked up a screenshot and like determined what was in the screenshot? 
Yes. <laughs> Wasn't there all the Facebook shit about spy? Like, I thought Facebook's like the number one spire. But I didn't know it could like visually. I thought some link had to have been transferred. It, it sees all your dick pics. It knows. Fuck, dude. Use it anymore. Enlargement ads. I know. Eventually, they're just like, we have your dick pics. We want two thousand dollars. I'm like, we'll send them. Send them out. I don't care. And then they, they never. It never came to fruition. No one will believe it. It's either too small or too big. No one will believe it. Yeah, no one will believe it. <laughs> I was reading this other article about Cosmo. It's a, uh, do you know what Cosmo is at all? Yeah, he's a character on Seinfeld. Yeah, it's Cosmo Kramer. No, but this one's a calf, actually, a bull calf named Cosmo, too. But I like your, I was thinking the same thing, Cosmo. But what's cool about this bull calf? It was um, it was created in, in a sense by the scientists out of the University of California, and um, what's cool about him? He's a calf, like I said, and he was genome edited as an embryo, as an embryo. Let me say that again. He was okay. genome edited as an embryo, so they produced more male offspring. That's kind of cool already. That's kind of intense, right? Yeah. So why would they want more males? Actually, there's a reason for that. Um, they want more males because um, the male cattle is about uh, they fit, they have a fifty percent more efficient at converting feed into weight gain. So basically, they're more fuel efficient. Like you can feed them less and kind of get bigger. And actually, they just they when they're processed, they're heavier weight. So long story short, they're just bigger, I guess. Like you hmm. know, the bulls versus female, whatever. So this could be a way of being basically being more efficient in the cattle industry, where you just have a bunch of males being birthed all the time versus you can only have a couple females. You can almost control that now in a, in a weird way. And so Cosmo is his name, the name of the calf. And he's designed to produce 75% male offspring. So he can just, he can create females still, but it's just going to be more likely to be male. That's very, so, uh, that's very kingly yeah. of, of him. Kingly. <laughs> right. I know yeah, people in Europe would want this technology so intensely. Right. <laughs> um, so using the genome editing technology CRISPR, and I've heard that term CRISPR forever. Every time I'm like, we always look up, you know, gene stuff on the show. And I've heard like, oh, CRISPR, CRISPR. It's almost a buzzword, like CRISPR. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? Uh, like, no. What, like a part of my fridge that's a CRISPR, no, this, right? This is, no, this, no this, is, this is an improv thing. <laughs> this is an improv thing now. So it's C-R-I-S-P-R. What, is that? what does that stand for? CRISPR. Oh, uh, it it sound, it stands for the um so it's the part of the cow it's like right above the hoof you know where the f- the, uh-huh. the fur meets the hoof it's like a, it's like a human cuticle oh he's not no shitting <laughs> I want to hear this I want to hear what he's saying up with I love it's a this. cow cuticle it's a cow cuticle although I I did I, no, I like the idea of, I I just you know what's funny I just got your fridge joke it took me a second like what like yeah the crisper yeah. No. <laughs> That's just funny. On this show, sometimes we talk so fast that we're all like trying to get our thoughts in. I'll listen later on. I'm like, oh man, someone says the funniest thing, and I just like glossed <laughs> over it. Like, oh, <laughs> like just so stupid. Well, here's what it really means. It means clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. Duh. Okay. Dummy. I can't believe you didn't say that. Man, <laughs> you're off the show. That's got nothing but, to do with my friend. Anyway. I know that basically they use CRISPR and what they did was um, it, what CRISPR actually does, I guess it makes targeted cuts to the genome or they can insert useful genes, which is all, which is called a gene knock-in. So there's gene knock-ins and then they also take things away. So CRISPR is basically a way of taking genes out or putting them in. That's basically what it is. Okay. Or a cluster regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. And this can be done, I assume, with everything, every type of DNA, right? Not just cow yeah, DNA. Yeah, usually big, big lighters and <laughs> tattoo needles, and you're good to go. <laughs> so in this case, <laughs> so in this case, uh, the scientists they successfully inserted or they knocked in, as we learned before, uh, the cattle SRY gene, the gene that's responsible for initiating male development into bovine into the bovine embryo. Oh yeah. And so it's, the, it's basically the first demonstration of this actually, you know, occurring or happening. And like I said before, they did this because the the, the cows are just the, the male cows are just better for the industry. And so it took two and a half years for this to, to develop this and to establish a successful pregnancy. But he was born April 2020 and he's 110, 110 pound male calf named Cosmo. 
So it's kind of a proof of, proof of concept that he exists. So now we're just going to watch Cosmo pretty much and see if he actually does give birth to mostly males. So I wonder, uh, you know, I don't think cows are as prized as horses, for instance, but, uh, you know, they're going to stud this guy out. He's going to get laid left and right. And they're probably going to have some healthy female cows, uh, birthing his children simply because they probably want a healthy specimen. So things go, uh, uh, yeah, better for the, for the study. Yeah. That's the guy that, was born to fuck, dude. For sure. I mean, really, if there's if there's anyone you can say that about, it's Cosmo. Yeah, Cosmo was born to fuck. Now you, you go fuck now. <laughs> but dad, I want to dance. No, you gotta go fuck all these chicks. <laughs> go back and watch God those Ron Jeremy videos I showed you. Oh. <laughs> um, so here's a little, okay, so I'll, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll kind of like tell more of the science for a second, but like basically Cosmo will reach sexual maturity in a year and he will be bred to study if the inheriting SRY gene on, on the chromosome 17, which I'll talk about later, if it actually pretty much works and results in more males. And um, I like how this, this mentioned that the Food and Drug Administration regulates gene editing of animals as if they were drugs. So this is like, so Cosmo is almost like considered a drug. So Cosmo and his offspring will not enter the food supply. As of now, oh, well, obviously, yeah, okay. I would hope not. I mean, we... I didn't think about that. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, well, I mean, who cares? I mean, like, he's just a. I guess he's a cow, but I mean, on some level, he's like some weird cow that has genetic manipulation. Yeah, he's a con cow. He's a he's an augment cow, and you can't uh... <laughs> a con cow. It's like cows eating cows. You can't, you know, you you, you disrupt the system, and there's going to be consequences. But we need to know what those consequences are, and so thus more study is needed. And I'm fully behind the decision to not eat Cosmo or his offspring immediately. You are a gene cyst. You don't like things that are genome uh, messed with CRISPR, which, as we all know, is the cluster regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. And <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> that you even said that, and I hope you die of a Cosmo-related death. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to tell more about the science behind this before we cut. Oh yeah, you have something. I want to talk about more of the science really quick. Behind this, really quick. I don't understand what this means, but just for anyone out there who actually does, so the SRY gene, the one they manipulated on Cosmo, was inserted into chromosome 17 on the cow, which is the geno- genomic safe harbor site. This ensures that the genetic elements function oh, predictability. Yeah. Yeah. And don't disrupt the expression or regulation of the adjacent uh-huh. genes. Of course. The so 17 was chosen because there's many other uh, genes that were fucked up on the X chromosome. Well, which is in the article. It said fucked up. And so <laughs> so th- that would have actually made a bull that only produced male offspring. So this is actually really cool too. It's like they were they they could have fucked up and basically made one that only made males. So this one, them getting it at 75% is almost a indication that they really know their shit. I thought that was kind of interesting too. That they they're like they're scaling it back, so they want and, a few females in there just for the test's sake. I'm guessing. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, going forward, if you had a bunch of these these cows, you mean to for you know long term, you would need a couple females to keep the population going. But if they can get mostly males, I almost thought this would be like <laughs> this sounds awful now, but like, what if this technology was perfected? This is something that people in China would do because you know their whole their culture is very male based, and that you know if there's there's if it's the males are all, all do it's, it's fucked up, but that's how it is over there. So I almost feel like all these Chinese people or something maybe would take this thing. So then there'd be guaranteed more male heirs possibly, or I, I know this is probably fucked up. But <laughs> here's my thought is I'm not being offensive. I'm, I'm this I'm, I'm really thinking future. I'm really trying to think, but here's what I think. So all that. So when this comes out, the Chinamen will, oh <laughs> take, will take it. That's what they are. I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. They, they are men from China would take it and then but one of them would turn to zombies and this is how the zombie virus would go. <laughs> why are you laughing so much i'm being oh, serious so, like this is like my thought on the scientific subject we're talking about uh-huh anyway, zombies so, yeah that was the conclusion i'm racist i guess <laughs> <laughs> what am i supposed to say they're chi- like men from china china men <laughs> that, that is absolutely not the right nomenclature sir i'm sure what are you supposed to say Asian men from China? Chinese men. You can't. Chinese men. (laughs) I don't think you can shorten it to China men. I just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's not proper, sir. You know what? I bet you Chinese men is maybe a little bit better. (laughs) 
Oh crap. I guess, but they're from China. Like when someone's from South America, they call them South American men. Hey, so Mr. E. South American E's men. Do you uh do you still have your Sweden and E's men? No, we're done with you. Mystery, do you still have your your other topic? Uh I do. I mean I could bring it up now or we could tease it for next time. It's up to you guys. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're towards the end. Do you want to just tease it? Yes, yeah, so next time we'll learn about Lake Titicaca and its scrotum frogs. <laughs> 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 That's a real thing, mind you. If you thought Titty Cock wasn't already unbelievable, yes, there's scrotum. No, I can't say China, but they can say scrotum frogs. It's no big deal. Like, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I do. There's no one who loves Chinamen more than I do. Like, oh my God. Dude, I think they're the best. But, God. Watch anime. <laughs> All right, tune in next week when we tell you about the first time Max uh, <laughs> Max used a derogatory term. I know. Next week, we have to apologize to everyone. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Please keep in mind we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed here, we encourage you to research them for yourself. Let us know if we miss anything. And as always, submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter, Instagram, at btmt underscore podcast and please rate subscribe on your podcast app